Hello, everybody. I hope you're having a God-blessed day. You know, as Jesus once walked the earth, performing miracles for the prophets, it was not an easy life that God in the flesh had lived. That is just basic common knowledge. But the thing about it is, when you read scripture, you will find that the things that Jesus did to show how we should treat one another as human beings really made a lot of sense. It's nonsensical for you to live your life worrying about the next person or people when you yourself have your own house to get in order. We all have our own things we must do. Every day, going to work, taking a shower, coming home, going to bed, repeating it, routine. We all must learn to live our own life and stay out of the lives of others. That's what gets us into trouble. When we meddle in other people's affairs, we only hang ourselves in the end. I myself have been tagged by a lot of people as this and that, but it's all fallacies and all untrue. I've learned to take rumors and things and gossip, but never listen to them. I don't judge anybody on what somebody says about them. If anything, I judge the person doing the speaking as the asshole. And I always take that time to get to know people and be kind to people. I've always been a peaceful man, a kind man, a man with a gentle word and a reassuring word to help people in dire need. I've never been a bad person. I've always lived my life trying to live right. But the more I go on, the more I find that people are not genuine. There's a lot of ingenuosity these days. People are selfish, no goods, and very, very self-absorbed, as I might say. And for lack of a better word, everybody is lazy. They don't strive to do anything with their lives. They feel entitled that the world owes them something. This is so far from the truth that it's, it's laughable. The world does not owe you anything. I don't owe anybody anything, and they in turn don't owe me. You gotta go out and strive to be the best you can be. And in the Bible, when God taught the disciples that every man shall be a fisher of men, he meant, in a, in a sense, to go out and get souls for God, to turn them away from their wicked ways and their evil ways, to make them understand that living for this, the world is sin, because the world is nothing but sin. We live in a very corrupt place, a place where people are so selfish and self-absorbed that they can't see past their own two eyes, the next person and maybe the things that they're going through in lives. We all have problems. And on top of it, we've got racial strife. We've got indignant politicians and lying politicians. We have so many things that are going on in our lives that every day is just harder than the next. But if we read the good word and we give some time to thought on God and what Jesus would do, we can be better human beings. We need more love in this world. This world is so full of angst, anger, hate, envy, and jealousy that it's not even funny. It's abhorrent that people think so lowly of the next person because of jealousy and envy. They'll jealous of you because of maybe what you've done in life that they know they couldn't do. Or maybe they're jealous in the sense that 
for them, their lives have never been anything, and your life is going so great. But things seem all smoke and mirrors. On the outside, we put on a fake smile sometimes, to fake it to make it. But we all do this in a sense. Some are more straightforward like myself. If I'm having a bad day, I tell you to your face I'm having a bad day and it's steer clear of me. But some people, they fake a smile and they try to laugh it off. But if you're just more direct with people, a direct approach gets you farther in life as I've found. It gets you respect and it gets you admiration by those who in terms are trying your very being to see if you're weak. And that's the problem with people. They mistake kindness for weakness. They think because you do something nice in turn to them that you're a weak person. It could not be farther from the truth. This is such a lie and a fallacy that it's ridiculous. Just because you're nice doesn't mean you don't have a stand-up bone in your body. And people take kindnesses for weaknesses. And they try to take a hand out and they want to take you for, if you give them an inch, they want to take a mile. People have a lot of problems, but if you learn just to trust in God and to not watch so much television and computers and things of that nature and listen to too much music that's filled with hatred and, and anger, you will find that your life will go a lot easier. So relax, put on a nice song, put on a song of hope, joy, and peace, and may you all have a God-blessed night and a good evening. Steve Nelson signing off. Goodbye. What led to the Texas Tower incident? What was on Charles Whitman's mind back in the 60s? Sketchy and very brief are the history of Charles Whitman. Harry Shapin wrote this song, Sniper, about Harry Shapin and the way he grew up. He was a very quiet soul, kept to himself. And in the song, he says he did not want to learn. He did not want any parts of the world. But Charles Whitman went on to be in the military. He was a Marine sniper and good at his craft. He was an expert with a 308 rifle, bold action, fully automatic, semi-automatic. The man in his time was legendary for winning medals and being a sniper in the Marines. But the thing about Charles Whitman is, what led to him going totally berserk and killing the people he killed on that day in the 60s? Was it that he had a very sheltered childhood? Maybe he was a mama's boy. Maybe he was a loner. And in the song, Harry Shapin writes out that his own woman his wife even berated him. Is that true to life? I really don't know, for I have not read the biography of Charles Whitman. But I do know, from what I've gleaned, that in the military, like in Fort Bragg, when that one officer went crazy and killed a lot of the people in Fort Bragg at the boot camp, that a lot of military personnel flip and do outrageous acts of violence. Me, myself, I have been targeted by what you call intracerebral technology. 
I've been trying to be driven insane to even go out and kill. And no, huh, I do not take psych medication and I'm not a psych patient. I am, however, severely depressed for my life has been a mess in the last two years. People have tried to make me, targeted me, from being in a prison that I was in for a manslaughter charge in 99 that I did 10 years here in Florida on. They implanted what you call stemaceter, and it is a chip in which can read and scan auditory and visual thoughts of a human being. No, this is not the work of fantasy. As a matter of fact, if you think that I am lying, you can find this on the internet. It's readily available at your fingertips. Just type in the memory chip and you will find out that there is an actual chip and device which can be implanted in the body up in the nasal cavity into the inner cerebral frontal lobe of the brain which can monitor your thoughts they can also send back audio signals to you through this device there were many times when when I was depressed over it and almost suicidal that I heard people but it's like they were reading my thoughts they wanted me to plead the insanity plea but the thing is I stuck to my guns and I toughed it out I came out a lot better person a lot stronger person but the thing is is that there's things like this that go on with other people here in America the powers that be don't want you to know about this technology but if you doubt it look up Elon Musk and his memory chip there's a chip that Elon Musk the CEO and founder of SpaceX has come up with that can be planted in the spinal cord which can power your phone and any digital device through it you are able to download your very thoughts on any phone or internet or computer some have even gambled to say that the vaccine that we're getting for this COVID-19 is tied in to going and taking and making people into almost cybernetic organisms turning people into robots some have said whether true or not it's never it's only to be seen in the future time will tell that this chip will also ultimately be the big thing in society people will be going thinking it's neat and it's cool and it's this and it's that and all that it'll be the fad it'll be the latest hype but what it really is is a downfall for if you think about it any computer can be hacked and people can hack your very memory off your phone or computer I know you're probably thinking this guy's here is crazy but I'm not believe me people I'm very based and rooted in reality and I'm not delusional I've never had delusions. I never had grand joys delusions that I'm God or any kind of things like that nature of that nature. I stay based in reality, but I am severely depressed. But this has not led to a snap with reality where I go into a fantasy world. I don't delve from reality. I live in reality. And at times 
I've often wondered, as using me as an experiment like they did in prison, if, if, just if, the theory that we are all going to be turned into walking, talking, cybernetic organisms, that some powers that be can control with a push of a button on a computer board, on a motherboard, to do whatever they want at their whim, if it's going to be like Orson Welles' 1984 novel, science fiction novel he wrote. No, I not, do not read QAnon conspiracy theories, but I will tell you, in every truth, there's a lie, and in every lie, there's a truth, and this is the truth. I went through many very crazy, crazy, scary scenarios with people, and it was very outlandish. You do not want this kind of technology in you. I speak from experience. It is horrifying. It can literally tear you apart inside. It can terrify you. But to the people out there listening, just know that there's more to this world than we realize. That's why I've never been saying yes to it, but I never say no to it. That maybe, just maybe, there is alien life forms. Maybe there are extraterrestrials. Maybe they do exist. But to have this kind of technology, you think of where it must come from. They say through science texts and things of that nature and documentation that's been taken by Area 51, the aliens do communicate telepathically. Well, why couldn't some scientists in the Roswell crash when they supposedly said it was a weather balloon but I beg to differ. I do have my doubts that it was a weather balloon. I think that that whole documentation was all false. But the thing is, if they did take an alien, let's say, and they studied this, the military, for your information, has a 20-year jump on civilian society. The things that we're using, this phone I'm talking to you in right now, at this very moment, they had 20 years ago. They had all this technology 20 years ago. They keep a 20 to 25 year jump on civilian society. They've had smart bullets. They've had Kevlar. And for your information, Kevlar, vests, and even Velcro on your Nike sneakers, your neat little Nike sneakers or whatever, comes from alien technology that they found at the Roswell crash in the spacecraft. This has all been documented by Colonel William Holbrook of the United States military. This is all true and it is fact, but the thing about it is, is if you believe in just this one dimension layer of what's going on around you, there's many different things going on. Have you ever been on a social site and you maybe were the victim of a hacker like I was? And it seems like Everybody is side-talking to you and dissing you. Maybe it is just you being paranoid, but maybe you're not. You see, paranoia, by all clinical definitions, is a heightened sense of awareness, is all it really is. It's when your senses are very heightened and you're hyper-aware of what's really going on. People disclaim things and say, oh, you're crazy, but sometimes you're not, and it's been a hard life for me. I can't tell this to people because the thing is, they'll look at me and laugh and then I'll get upset because this is reality. 
I'm not a schizophrenic. I don't hear voices. I actually hear voices. But the powers that be are so sly and slick in the way they implant these kind of things in you that you will never know till they turn them on and start using them on you that you have been the victim of something of a higher higher hierarchy of a hierarchy that you don't want any part of well people just wondering what really drove charles whitman to do that insane mass murder kill his own family his woman and then go out and kill himself going out shooting as many as he could in the university of texas in the 60s maybe he was like me a victim of a prototype of this chip but this chip has been around a lot longer than you can imagine well people just some thoughts to ponder and may you have a god blessed night and i hope everything goes well have a good night peace the graveyard was silent night had fallen and it was midnight the witching hour john and ray campus walked through the grass the withering grass on a hot summer night and they took to looking at the gravestones through a flashlight. An old Coleman beat up red flashlight they had cast an eerie glow on the headstones. They finally found the right stone they were looking for. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they felt they weren't alone. The moon cast an eerie glow down on the two and they could see through the perimeter the darkening shapes shifting in silence. This made them very, very uncomfortable, for this graveyard was known to be haunted. As time went on, they both clambered around in their rucksack for a makeshift candle to light a vigil to their dead ancestor. This ancestor was a very wicked man. He had been a murderer in life. He had committed multiple homicides and they said his spirit haunted this graveyard. They both came here to see if it was true. Now they would find out the truth. As they wielded the flashlight around the gravestone, they saw the headstone in the ground. John L. Campus, their father. He was a very vile man and had berated them as children with many beatings and lashings from a leather belt that he kept hanging up in the closet. He was a very evil man, wicked, and had a violent temper. They both knew that this graveyard couldn't be haunted for they didn't believe in such nonsense. But coming upon those wrought iron black rusty fences and looking at the hills of grave headstones sticking out under the flashlight eerie glow, they felt something was amiss. Something was not quite right. What could it be that played them so? 
they did not know, but they were about to find out. As they came, they found the old candle they had bought from a little moms and pops shop that was ran in the local town. They lit the candle and put it at the headstone, looking at the eerie glow, and all of a sudden, a slight wind swept up out of nowhere. They startled each other. They had felt their heart racing in their chest. Something they couldn't put their finger on it was there. Being that they were non-believers in the supernatural and thought of such rubbish, they themselves felt haunted by a presence they could not bear to see if it manifest. They both looked at each other, eyebrows raised, blue eyes and their heads bulging, and thought, my God, we are not alone. All of a sudden, a wolf howled out of the distance, and in their eyes shone the brightness of something that they finally caught on to, that all that supernatural rubbish that they thought was garbage and thought was just wise tales told over campfires at night may have some truth to it. All of a sudden, from behind a tree, a dark apparition, black pitch as the night and the universe itself, appeared. It was a formless shape, but it moved as if it had solidity. It had stars all twinkling in its form. Inside the mass, the black encasement, there was like starlight shining and two red eyes. They panicked. They left the rucksack where it was and the candle there at the vigil. They ran for their lives. They had never been so terrified. And all of a sudden, the black shape swept over them and engulfed them both and turned them into fire and ash. They screamed at the top of their lungs, burning up at high temperatures. They had actually combusted and they had become flame. This thing that people in the graveyard always talked about was the spirit of John Campus. For all the blood he shed in torment and all his indulgences in the dark arts, he had come back to kill his two sons. And this, my friends, is the end of the tale. Good evening, everybody. This is my podcast. Have we lost our sense of righteousness in this country? Have we lost our sense of being? Have we lost our sense of mortality? You see, we have lost a lot of things in this modern day culture and society. We have lost the way to treat each other. We have lost the way to empathize for people. We have lost empathy. We have lost any type of pity. And we have lost the way to try to put ourselves in other people's shoes. You know, when they say that there's aliens and there's the skeptics, of course, I believe because I believe that that is just us reborn 
when we leave this planet. Take heed in knowing that the Bible is real and that everything we do comes back to us from the grave. We must walk in righteous steps. We must learn to live accordingly in the ways God would want us to live and treat each other with care and kindness and peace and harmony. You see, there's always going to be those who try to start things, but those people are hellbound and going to burn in the pits of hell. Those are the hackers of the world. Those are the no good cyber criminals. Those are the robbers, the thieves, the murderers, the rapists, the child molesters. They're all going to burn in hell. But take heed to knowing this, if you walk right, you will be alright in the next life. You see, when skeptics say there is no aliens, I'm not saying there is, I'm not saying there's not. For me, myself, I've never had an, any interaction with seeing even a flying saucer in the night midnight sky. But I do know this, it is a very big possibility that there is. It's like I said We've broken the human genome. We know the DNA structure. And we've been able to make beasts that aren't even human and mix them with human DNA and make all kinds of aberrations that are pitiful to look at and dreadful at sight. It's like the Montauk Monster. I read a book in prison about the uh, island, Plum Island, which is a couple uh, kilometers off the off the uh, Long Island Sound in uh, Long Island, New York, and there's a research facility out there called the Plum Island Research Facility, Lab 152, and what they do is they study animal DNA. They were supposedly responsible for introducing the Lyme disease to ticks. And they gave it to the first tick that spread it like wildfire in Lyme, Connecticut. L-Y-M-E, Connecticut. Hence the Lyme disease. I read a lot in prison. And I learned a lot. And I came out a much enlightened man. But the thing is, is that as long as you know the right way to go, you're okay in life. Always treat people with kindness. Try to listen to where they're coming from. Try to understand people. And you'll be better off. You see, in life, things can be kind of drastic. Things can be hectic. People can be anal retentant. And I've had my fair share of dealing with anal retentant people, believe me, more than my fair share. But through it all, I've come out a much more enlightened and wiser man. Think about this, whenever you listen to music or you're watching the television set, you're being programmed. Why do you think they call it a program? You're being programmed. Try to unprogram yourself. Try to listen and spend more time in silence and you'll come up with a lot more ingenious thought than you ever dreamed possible. You'll come up with things so abstract and to the left that you won't even believe it you'll actually become enlightened by taking time away from the world. For, as it says in the word of God, I'm not of the world, I'm just passing through it. And that's what I'm doing, just passing through all this crazy, crazy,
craziness I look at and see and laugh at around me. I was never really of this world. And sometimes I even wish, I find myself wishing I was never born. But when I think about it, God has my purpose. And I'm finding it out every day of my life. I'm striving to be a better person since I've been ended my sentence in 2009 in prison for a manslaughter charge. I'm trying to be a more righteous man. I'm trying to be like the light that shines out of the light bulb on you. I'm trying to be a good man. I put away all past bad things that I used to do and indulge in. Used to watch porno, used to have a lot of unmarried sex. I even committed adultery once or twice in my lifetime, which I'm ashamed of. But the thing is, is that my past life of violence and fighting, which was a lot of my life, is over. I put my old self on that cross like Jesus did and buried my old flesh. I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive in the spirit. And like I said, that's where my own interpretation of aliens comes in. For all we know, aliens are nothing but us. When we leave this planet, we move on to a more advanced form and a higher advanced way of living. But it's only to be seen when we leave. But one thing I know is there is a grand creator. Call him God, call him Jah, call him Allah, call him whatever you want to call him. Call him Yahweh. He has many names. Call him I Am, like the Bible. But you see, our Creator loves us. And if you have nobody that loves you or you feel all alone, sometimes like I do, just rest assured God loves you. And everything's going to be alright in the end. You will find your purpose if you strive to live right. If you strive to do the right thing every day and put your best foot forward, you will find that the walk is not as hard as it seems. It's been hard for me, yeah. I gotta be honest, keeping it in proper perspective. But you know what? Through it all, I can look back and say I've come a long way and I pat myself on the back. Now, I give the glory to God and maybe you're not a believer. That's fine. But try to do right. Try to live right. Don't live shady and foul and no good. Because when you leave this earth, everything you do here it's going to come back to haunt you. And you never know when your time is coming. You could die in your sleep of a heart attack. Happens all the time. You may drop too many drugs if you're a drug addict and die in your sleep. Happens all the time. You may go just walking up to the store and get hit by a Mack truck. Happens all the time. You could even be walking down the street and get hit by lightning. Happens all the time. You know, people... There's so many ways and we're never promised tomorrow on this earth. You only have that day and that minute and that very millisecond to get right and to live right and to do the right thing and treat people the right way. It is very important that you do that and not go astray. And believe me, I'm human. I make mistakes. Yeah, I fall back in my old ways and my old stinking ways of thinking and stuff at times. But I always pull myself out in it. Since I've been walking in the light, I find it a lot easier to get right back on the right track. It's like I bounce right back like a ball. 
right back in the good lane. But the thing is, it takes time and it takes per and then you'll persevere. Stop watching all those violent TV shows or looking at pornography or any of that kind of stuff that are nothing but addictions that are bad for you. They're no good for you. For the the grave looks pleasing to man, but it leads to death in the end. That's what you got to understand. Sin looks pleasing, but it's death to man. Like it says in the Bible. And if you try, you will see. You will persevere. You just got to take time away from the world. Go to a quiet place. Think in solitude all to yourself. Get off your phone texting and emailing and all that other bull crap. And just get to yourself. Turn the TV off. Turn the radio off. Take time to think. Be in solitude. And you will find that it will open up your mind to new levels of thinking. For you got to understand, every man has his own weight to bear. And when you're out there and you're not living good and you're living foul, well, there's only so far you can do that till you screw yourself. Have a good day and God bless you all. And I mean that. Peace. Think if you will, if God created us, why could he have not created a higher intelligence? It seems very relevant. And all the skeptics who say, well, little green men in spacesuits and little funny little circular aircraft flying through our skies. Well, let me just tell you this. The military has had a 20 year jump on society and they keep it top secret for only certain eyes to see. Some of it's been debriefed now in the new millennium. You can see many TV shows and listen to many podcasts on the unexplained, the paranormal, and even UFOs and extraterrestrial life forms. These are not to be taken as skeptical because, like I said, how do we know, and this is just my own thoughts that I've come upon, how do we know that there's not extraterrestrials that... When we die, we leave this earth, that's our forefathers, and that's our people that we become. Maybe we graduate from this low level of intelligent life to a higher and more advanced existence than this reality in which we actually live. <clears throat> For you see, man thinks he knows everything, but he knows nothing. Man wants to be above God. When we broke the human genome and the human genetic structure and figured out the code, there's been many things that cannot be explained, like the Montauk monster off of Long Island. And off Long Island Sound, there's an island called Plum Island. And I read a very fascinating book that detailed many different aspects of Plum Island, <clears throat> where on the beach of Long Island, the Montauk monster was found by those surveyors. They were an animal research facility. And it has been stated that they even created the Lyme disease and gave limes to Lyme ticks in Lyme, Connecticut. Now Lyme, L-Y-M-E, 
the spelling correctly is like Lyme, Connecticut. And it's funny that people don't know these things because they don't delve into this, but I delved into a lot of theories. Some of it I can actually speak from from actual experience. Like there is mind control technology and there is mind control. Just think about this. When you watch a television set, you're being programmed. Why do you think it's called program? And notice how people react and how they act in everyday life. If they listen to a lot of violent music and very raucous music, then they act very violent and they have a tendency to be very temperamental. But the thing is, if you look at things, you will see that we are all like sheep and one big grinder. We follow a major platform or we stand up for something we believe in because we see it on TV or hear it on the radio. But the thing is, is to be your own skeptic and your own thinker and think outside the box. What if you stop watching TV? Well, what if you stop listening to the radio? <clears throat> you will find that you will have ingenious thoughts come to you that will mortify people sometimes and sometimes be able to awaken people out of the slumber and the sleep that they walk in. It's like we're all just endlessly walking, sleepwalking through life, going to our jobs, coming home, shitting, showering, shaving, waking up and doing the same routine. We're all caught in a routine. There's very few people who are unroutine, but those that are unroutine have a much more adventurous lifestyle. Anyway, if you think about it, who's to say that these aliens aren't you and me that's my basic thought for this podcast if you think about this think about us as life if there is a higher creative force a god per se which i believe in god personally that's my belief and my freedom to believe then what's to say that god doesn't look at us like we look at ants because it is actually proven and when you see an ant on the ground, he cannot even see you. You're so immense. And that's the thing about it. This creative life form that created man actually cares about us. And wants us to learn to live with one another in a peace and harmony. But that's something that throughout the ages man has not gotten right. And to be skeptical and to be kind of negative i don't ever see it getting right because now we want to be like god we want to be above god but doesn't the bible also state that the devil wanted to be above god he wanted to place his throne above the very creator who created him he was selfish indignant violent adulterous and everything else in which we've become we are no better than the devil and it's as the bible says if we were really all God's children, then all of us would act in accordance with the Bible. But so many of us don't. And it's a really sad and crying shame. Because there's so many people that can be reached out and touched if you just take the time to care. We've lost, like I said in my other podcasts, our feelings of pity and our feelings of 
just mortality. We've lost our feeling to care about one another. We just live in a selfish, indignant, self-absorbed state. Everybody's running to and fro here and there just to get for what they need. But they never take the time to think about the people out there who don't have anything, who are indignant and don't have anything, not indignant, who are indigent, excuse me, and don't have anything. We have become a selfish race of people, and through these technocratic mediums, we've lost touch with who we are. We're always listening to music, playing video games, looking at our phones, talking to friends, chatting, emailing, and all this is taken away from the times when I was born in the 70s. In the 70s and 80s, before we had computers and this kind of technology, it, it was a simpler time. People cared about one another genuinely. There is no genuosity in this world. Genuosity is a dying trait. I'm one of the last of the dying breed. But like the Mohicans, I'm one of the last. And I just want to reach the people out there that I'm trying to reach, that are lost and they need a little comfort knowing if nobody else loves you, God does. And believe me, I've had my shares of ups and downs, had more than my fair share. I've had more of my fair share than anal retentant people in dealing with them in life, more than my fair share. But through it all, I've come out stronger. I've come out more headstrong. And I've come out more to open my mind and try to put myself in other people's shoes instead of arguing, fighting, and bickering with them. I've come to find that with the word of God, I have actually come a long way in my walk toward walking a righteous step and keeping in conformity with God. I do not indulge in sex and fornication of any kind. To be, to be absolutely honest, I don't and I haven't had sex and I don't even know when and it doesn't even interest me anymore. But through it all, I don't even care about things that I used to care about. Listening to violent music, being in a violent state of mind, ready to snap and snapping on people and getting in fights everywhere I went. That is all the past life. I've died to that, to that state and that flesh. I've died to my flesh and been reborn as the light. And think about this, people. When you see a light or you see lightning, that is really just us flashing across the sky. That's a spirit waiting to be born. For is it not known that we are all energy? We are actually can control a train like they did in the 70s. They put little electrodes on a kid's head. And he powered a train around a track with his brain because we do receive actual electrical amperage and impulses. We are energy. That's all we are. And when we die, just take comfort in this. No matter what the naysayers say, I'm here to tell you that energy never dies. It goes on. Now, whether you want it to be somewhere good or bad is up to you and the way you treat people and the way you walk in the flesh. So, Take this time to do good. Do a good thing today. Do a good deed. And may God bless you all. And take heed.
to God. Goodbye. Good evening.